Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, um, welcome to another episode of the Dear Doc Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Dr. Chad Gahini. And uh, as you may or may not know, uh, Dr. Gahini is actually the president of the ADA. And um, Chad, you know, there's an, old, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, may you live in interesting times. My friend, do we ever. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. That's good to hear. So um, I'd like to let people know a little bit about you before we get down into the, um, into the rest of our interview. Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background, um, where, where you're from, uh, how you came to dentistry as a profession, and, um, and what made a man who seems to be in his right mind serve as the president of the ADA? Well, good morning. Uh, <laughs> I'm a dentist who calls himself a very proud American who was made in India. <laughs> I, I was that. born in India. And then I came to the United States when I was 24 years old. I practiced dentistry in New York City like any other dentist since 1976. Right. I'm married to a dentist, Dr. Rekha Gehani, and my children, my children, my children, are, children are dead. One of you who is still practicing dentistry. And while I was practicing dentistry, um, I thought that we should be part of the organized dentistry. And rather than just being a check paying member of the American Dental Association since 1976, I was recruited to volunteer for our organization, which I have been doing it for many years. And the time came when the members of the American Dental Association decided to honor me by asking me to be their president. So at the present time, I am the president of the American Dental Association. I call myself a servant leader of 164,000 members of the American Dental Association. And occasionally, in a joke, I also say that I am the complaint department of <laughs> 164,000 plus. There are about 213,000 dentists in the United States who practice dentistry. And oh, when everything goes well, they don't think of anything. But right. when something goes <clears throat> wrong, the first thing they think is, what is the American Dental Association doing for us? Absolutely. Well, I want everybody to know that the American Dental Association is made of you. You are the American Dental Association. It is not us and them. It is we. Right. The ADA consists of all of us together. And one person listens to your concerns and goes to the 22nd floor of the American Dental Association building 
and then give the marching orders to 430 loyal employees whom I call my co-workers who work occasionally 18 to 20 hours for you uh, since last 10 or 15 days. Uh, my co-workers in Chicago and in Washington, D.C. have been working constantly. I was speaking to our executive director last night at 11 p.m. in the night on a Sunday. And I was speaking to Mike Graham yesterday till 9 p.m. And then I asked Mike, Mike, could you do me a favor? Could you turn off your computer and try to relax? And he says, he was telling me, no, I am still following what's happening at, uh, uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. about the third package, which was actually postponed by the senators uh, last night. And they will be taking uh, the discussion on today. So the American Dental Association works for you. And you are the American Dental Association. Now, that's one of the things um, you mentioned there, the third package in the, in the legislative packages of this bill. And uh, I am going to ask you to, uh, to, to talk a little bit about that later on. First, though, before we get to any of our members' questions, I, I wanted you to have the opportunity to give us a very broad brush painting of uh, what the situation is now. And, and, from your, and from your point of view, which has to be slightly different than, than the dentist who's still practicing in their office, since you're, you're, you're doing the administrative things to help this all run, um, talk to me a little bit about how things are going right now, what efforts are being made, and, um, and the floor is yours. So, uh, Dr. Gahini, talk to us. Well, our Washington uh, office has been very busy uh, talking about the uh, student loans. We have been talking about the relief for the small businesses. We have uh, been successful in uh, exempting uh, the dental offices and many of the dental offices have less than five employees. So uh, there's an exemption for that. We have been uh, talking about uh, uh, many issues that the dentists are generally concerned with. And I can tell you the power of being united and staying together. About two days ago, we sent out an email to our member dentists. And in, within less than 24 hours, we were able to generate about 65,000 petitions to our Congress people. So again, that demonstrate the power of unity and influence. If we do not send the message as a united message, one voice for the entire dentistry, uh, we cannot be successful. Absolutely. So, um, Dr. Haney, the first thing I'd like to say before we get into any questions is that I have been having a very difficult time uh, getting people to come out um, from organized dentistry and actually talk about what's going on. And you agreed right away whenever I reached out to you, um, and you actually turned me in the direction of Mike Graham so that we could get a really great, you know, boots on the ground kind of a view of what was going on legislatively. 
and you didn't do so with any kind of a threat of you can't talk about this, our lawyers say you can't talk about that. Uh, I'll, I'll be very frank with you. Um, some people in organized dentistry have been running away from me. I, I didn't think I was that scary, but you came on without any of that. So I want to say thank you for that um, because um, frankly, that's exactly the kind of leadership we need in this, in, in, in this, this time. So thank you, Chad. You, you are welcome. And uh, we will be asking Mr. Mike Graham to come back to your show and update you after we figure out what's happening with uh, the third package, which is still under consideration and the president has not signed uh, that package into law and the senators are still working on that. So I'm going to leave uh, many of your legislative questions to uh, Mr. Mike Graham to come and answer you because he is the expert and he is our person whom we call boots on the ground and uh, he knows what's happening there and we Absolutely. are lucky to have him. And I, I look forward to interviewing him again. Uh, so, so Dr. Gahini, uh, one of the things that you and I spoke about um, and I said, be prepared for a couple of questions that people are asking here. Um, business and school loans. Uh, one of the big considerations that people have now uh, is practicing dentists is many states have limited the scope of dentistry, if not the practice completely. Um, it, what, is, what is the ADA doing um, to give us some relief on school loans and business loans so that people can get back to their lives as, as quickly as possible and the fewest practices can fail? Uh, he, he, here is the situation. Uh, the states have asked for social distancing and because the dentists work in such a close environment on a patient as well as in the waiting room, uh, uh, it is thought that we want to practice prevention and the prevention is better than cure. So as a result of that, in many states, they have resorted to the dentist can only attend to doing the emergency services only. And by the way, ADA was one of the first ones to come out with the recommendation that we, the dentists, will not be practicing general full scope dentistry, but we will limit our practice for the next three weeks to only the emergency service. At that time, it was not the government mandate, but we as dental, dental profession, we thought that it was the right thing to do for us to contribute to stoppage or prevention uh, of the coronavirus spread all over in the country. So dental profession is always ahead of lots of other people who uh, usually follow us later on. So uh, your question was about what is the ADA doing for the small uh, businesses? Uh, for specifically for the loans um, on the business aspect of things, you know, we, we, we walk a really kind of a tightrope between being a physician of the mouth and also being a businessman or a woman. We, we are so, working. 
Yeah, we are working to alter the provisions so that the dentist owner has the flexibility to make the business decisions that they need to make under the difficult circumstances. We are also looking for the small, with the small business administrations, what is called is economic injury disaster loan programs that will provide the business people with working loans up to $2 million that can provide vital economic support to the dentist. Uh, so there are like about nine or 10 different provisions right. in Washington that we are working so that the dental small businesses can get some help from the, uh, from uh, our uh, uh, Washington uh, government. And uh, it's still in, a, in the stage of very fluid stage at the present time. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask a very specific question. And if you don't have an answer to it, it's okay. I just want to make sure that we cover it. Um, so far as business loans go, now, the fact that the SBA is going to have these disaster relief loans is great for a lot of reasons. But if a person is already behind on their loans for school or business due to the, due to the pandemic and due to the shutdown, um, they're accruing interest and they're accruing penalties and fees. Um, and borrowing money to pay that is this horrible investment because they have interest on top of interest on top of penalties. So what are we doing in organized dentistry to keep that vicious cycle from happening to our dentists who own practices? Or is there anything that we can do? Can we, can we use our legislative arm uh, to put some pressure on the financial institutions? Um, or is that simply something that's out of the scope of what we, we have the power to do as the ADA? Well, all we can do is we can ask our legislators to support us on many of the initiatives uh, that we put forward. Uh, currently, we have about, we have five Congress people who are dentists. Uh, they have been working hard with us. Uh, Dr. Paul Gosar, Dr. Babin from Texas, right. Dr. Mike Simpson, Dr. Drew Ferguson, and Dr. Jeff Vendrew from New Jersey. Uh, they all work very closely with us. Uh, all we can do is try very hard to legislate, but again, we are not the legislators. Excellent. And, and so to answer the question, yes, we're going to try. Yes, those things are on our radar, but we only have so much control. Is that correct? Ab absolutely. I can tell you one thing. Uh, we have been sending out legislative alerts to our members. Uh, you don't have to be our member, even if you are uh, not a member. But when we send out our legislative alerts, and especially when we are asking for us, the dentists, to support what we are uh, asking the Congress to consider, at that time, please send a request to your Congress person. I can tell you. Two days ago, we asked for support from our dentist colleagues to send a petition to a congressperson. And within 24 hours, we were able to get 65,000 petitions, which turned 
turns to be about 200,000 emails. That's called power of dentistry and that's power of unity. And this is the time that we need to stay united and we need to send out one common message. So keep looking for those kind of uh, alerts that you get from the American Dental Association from time to time. And please help us out. We need your help as much as the dentists who are listening to us expect the ADA to do the following and then there is a list of the asks that people expect the ADA. We cannot do anything without the support from our practicing dental community. So my appeal to your viewers is please help us out when we are doing a lot of legislative uh, efforts on the behalf of the dental profession. You know, Chad, one of the things, and I'm, I'm going to steal something blatantly from someone, and I, I would attribute it if I could remember uh, who said it. But um, during, and, and as you know, I, 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 I do a small part in the ADA or in the TDA. I try at least. Um, I once heard someone, goodness, I really wish I could remember who it was. It's bothering me that I can't. But they said that the ADA is merely the megaphone through which our voices are heard. But without the voice, the megaphone has no power. Absolutely. That's the point I was trying to make, that uh, uh, you are the people. You have the power to help your own organization achieve success in Washington, D.C. All right, my friend. Our next thing is um, how soon will we be reopening? Um, what, is, what does that look like on the timetables? Are you hearing anything in the background that says, hey, this is going to be two months? Or are there any, and, and I'm thinking you probably don't have any, any um, temporal idea of when it's going to be, but you have an idea at least of when uh, the number of new cases reported goes down or something like that. What are the criterion being used uh, to make the decision of when um, dentists are going to be allowed to practice again? Well, <clears throat> last Monday, when the ADA came out with a recommendation, and it was a recommendation, it was not a mandate, and we came out with a recommendation of three weeks. At that time, three weeks sounded like a lot of time. And I got tons of telephone calls personally on my cell phone, as well as at my home and at my office, people screaming and yelling at me, asking me what made the ADA come out with the recommendation of three weeks. As I was watching the news this morning, and you know I wake up at 3 a.m. to answer my emails. Yes, I do. I was, I was listening to the Surgeon General, and <clears throat> he was sort of referring to something like this may go on till end of April, maybe till May. So this, the situation is so fluid that no one exactly knows. I wish I had a crystal ball to give you a date and tell right. you from this day we will be uh, <clears throat> totally virus free and we will be able to freely travel and go to 
the bank and go to the movie theater and uh, the business will be as usual. I hope that that happens tomorrow, but between you and me and our listeners, I would be lying to you if I get you, gave you any date period. All I can tell you is about three weeks ago at the ADA and the American Dental Association is your organization, which is science-based and we work on the facts. We started working on the coronavirus about three weeks ago. I created a response team uh, made up of 11 individuals, all specialists, which is headed by a scientist and also by a public health dentist. And after the work of about a week or 10 days, uh, we came out with a recommendation and it was only a recommendation. It was not a mandate, which did become a mandate in many of the states. And some of the states have gone forward and they have pretty much said the closure for, let's say, a month. Some of them are six weeks and some of them are until further notice. So it will be harder for me to put a date period on that. All Absolutely. I can tell you is I have been locked in my home and I have been doing all my work through my computer uh, since last, I would say, nine or ten days. Yeah, it's, you're, you're, you are, and as are all of our congressmen and senators, or most of them, in, in the most sensitive age group, um, the most targeted age group. So to put, a, to put a fine point on it, one of the bellwethers that you guys are most likely looking at is new cases um, generated and when the doubling stops. Is, is, that what we're really, is that really kind of what we're going to use to make the determination when that occurs? Is that what we're going to use to say, okay, look, things are getting better. It's time to get back to business as, as normal. What, what bellwethers should the dentist be paying attention to? Is it really my, really my well, question? Yeah. At one time, we were thinking of doubling. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, I don't even know if, if we are looking at doubling, tripling, or quadrupling. Uh, as of this morning, in the United States, we have 35,000 cases. And we have about 473,000 deaths. So when you are looking at our fellow citizens dying that rapidly, we are not even looking at anything other than our civic responsibility. What is our responsibility to the society? At the present time, our responsibility to the society is to be part of the solution to the problem. And the solution to the problem at the, at the present time is social distancing, uh, keeping people away from each other so that the virus doesn't spread. And again, I don't want to sound like one of the people that you are watching on the TV every five minutes and uh, uh, we all are aware of what we all are being advised, and that is to stay home so that we can stop the spread of the virus, which can 
be through the air droplets. As dentists, we produce a lot of aerosols while we practice dentistry. And that aerosols, uh, it's not only uh, we are spreading uh, uh, <clears throat> the virus, but we can also bring that virus home to our loved ones. And uh, just because one doesn't have symptom, that doesn't mean that that person is not a carrier. And at one time we thought that only the older people are vulnerable, but now we are finding out even the youngest babies mm -hmm. can be vulnerable. And many of the babies, even though they may not have symptoms, they can still be the carrier. So at the present time, we want to be part of the solution to the entire country rather than just thinking of when is Chad Gehani going to go back in the office to start doing the root canals again. Absolutely. And um, so far as, um, as when we do go back to our offices, um, what can we expect uh, legislatively uh, so far as the changes to our sterilization and uh, personal protective equipment? Uh, what are we looking at doing to ensure that something like this doesn't happen again? You, you and I spoke off the air and I said, you know, this reminds me a lot of whenever the AIDS epidemic came out really had a, a huge effect on dentistry uh, and medicine in general because we kind of were caught with our pants down. And unfortunately, it seems we've been caught with our pants down again, Chad. So what kind of, what kind of changes do you foresee happening? I can tell you one thing. When I went to Columbia University back in 1977, I did not wear gloves in my hand. I used to do root canal with my fingers without gloves. And the AIDS epidemic at that time changed the way we practiced dentistry. We started wearing gloves, then we started wearing masks, then we started wearing disposable gowns. As I see it in future, it may become a very normal thing for us to wear N95 masks. I'm not saying that uh, it will, uh, I'm in favor of it, but I can foresee that that will happen in future. The, the way we sterilize our offices, there will be some strict requirements for us to uh, disinfect the surfaces a little bit more often and uh, uh, much more strictly than the way it is now. So the techniques of sterilizing of the offices will change. Our PPE will change. Uh, there will be lots of changes as we go forward. Do you foresee the, um, the uh, changing of the offices uh, dealing with air handling solutions um, and, and perhaps UV or ozone or uh, some reactive particle that can purify the air itself? Um, or do you see that as being mainly uh, personal protective equipment? In other words, are we going to change the environment we're working in as well as the protective equipment? Or do you believe it'll be relatively limited to the practitioner and, and the auxiliaries? I think it's going to be all of the above. It's going to be all of the above. You will see the dental offices of tomorrow much different than what you see it today. Uh, I can even tell you one thing further. Uh, 
which I hope the, uh, it changes. The governor of Pennsylvania last night came out where he pretty much asked for the dental offices to have negative pressure in their uh, uh, operatories. I have not seen any dental office where they uh, actually operate that, except my son is, uh, he's an anesthesiologist, so, and my other son is an ENT surgeon. So I have seen or heard of the negative pressure mm -hmm. in the operating rooms, but not in the dental offices. But now there is a requirement by at least one state and I hope that he retracts their orders. And uh, we actually sent out uh, a petition to him signed by the American Dental Association, the Pennsylvania Dental Association, and the deans of dental schools to reconsider his executive order, which will really pretty much say goodbye to all the private practicing dentists. And I'm a practicing dentist. And the American Dental Association members are all practicing dentists. And our job is to work on our patients in a safe environment. We always consider the public before all of us. And we always consider the safety of the public, but on a scientific proven basis, not in an arbitrary way. As occasionally, uh, occasionally the authorities come out in a very arbitrary way. And that's where we come into the picture and we try to educate and we try to influence them. And so I, I, tomorrow's operatory will be quite different in my opinion. I, I, think, I think you hit on a, an excellent point there with the knee-jerk reaction. But I do have to say, uh, many people, and we, we discussed this off the air, so I'm not giving him a gotcha here, guys. Um, but many people felt like what the ADA did was a knee-jerk reaction, but it was based upon really sound principles of getting out ahead of something that you knew was a pandemic or, or had the, had the um, ability to spread very quickly. We do have to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, just because the bathwater is soiled. Yes, and uh, our recommendation was based on the science, on epidemiology, and on many factors rather than just a spurt of the moment. So, uh, Dr. Kehani, one of the questions that is really burning across the message boards right now and across Facebook uh, is, um, is about dental insurance. Now, a lot of people, they're frankly, they're kind of pissed because they feel like dental insurance is already uh, paying them lower reimbursement rates every year and denying more things every year. And um, they're worried that they're, they're getting all this profit for no, no expenditure right now because no one's able to use their dental insurance. So yeah, there's a pure profit time for them. So dentists are worried that these dental insurance companies are gonna come out and they're going to reduce reimbursements further or something. And they really, really, in addition to this situation, they want the ADA to do more to combat insurance companies, uh, dental insurance companies, and, and to force them to pay at better rates. What is your response to that, if any? Um, and, and what plans does the ADA have to act if it does plan to act? 
Uh, I'm not aware of uh, the statement that the dental insurance companies are going to come out post uh, the virus crisis to reduce uh, the reimbursements. But again, every insurance is different and the insurance companies' rules vary. There are insurances which are federally governed and then there are many insurances that are governed by the state insurance departments. There are separate types of insurances. Uh, we do have a so-called working relationship with uh, uh, some of the higher-ups of the insurance industry. But insurance is a very complex process. Uh, they are in the business of uh, insuring uh, the individuals. Their the insurance company's customers are really the employers of the large groups. So it depends on what kind of insurance that the employers are buying for their employees. And also it depends on between the patient as well, patient and, I'm sorry, the dentist and the insurance company of how you are signing the contract. We do uh, help our uh, member dentists to review many of the contracts. Uh, you could also log on to success.ada.org where you can get a lot of information about the insurance. Uh, we also publish Morning Huddle. It's called ADA Morning Huddle where you can get a lot of insure information about what's happening today about the coronavirus. Uh, if you have any specific questions uh, about the virus issues, you could also log on to ada.org slash virus for many answers that you may need. Coming back to your insurance question, I hope that will not happen, but uh, we keep our eyes on almost every as aspect of the dental profession and the practice of dentistry. At the present time, honestly, as the president of the American Dental Association, my focus is 100% on how to stop the spread of the virus and what is the role of the dentist in helping our communities to stop the spread of the virus and how we can awesome. be part of the solution to the problem that the entire nation is facing at the present time. Absolutely. So another question that a lot of people have is act of God policies and inter business interruption insurance. One of the things that uh, dentists are worried about is we're being told by their carriers that viral epidemics are specifically excluded um, from the things that these policies cover. Um, and they weren't aware of that. And so what is the ADA doing to make sure that these insurance plans are going to pay out? Or is there anything that they can do? Uh, I would recommend that uh, one should consult uh, their uh, personal lawyer to review their policies because those policies are already in place. 
those policies, you, I already bought my insurance policy. Once I have bought that policy, it's a contract that the insurance and myself signed together on that policy. So I would suggest that consult your insurance company who wrote that policy and discuss it with your individual lawyer if they can uh, do something about it. Uh, going forward, uh, we may have to look into some situation like this. This was something that you know we never predicted as of even six months ago that you and me will be talking about what we are talking about. And a week ago, our conversations might have been much different than what, it, what we, you and me are talking today. So the situation keeps changing rapidly. So with the fluidity of this type of a situation, we know that um, it, emergencies and unexpected events and disasters always are the heralds of change. And so one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, uh, and you and I had actually kind of spoken about the insurance question before, and I know where you stand on it, but I want to make sure that we make a point of saying what 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 is um, happening. Uh, does the ADA have any plans to help to put into place business interruption policies that would cover something in these instances, or is that within the scope of the national organization? So, Dr. Heaney? We, we are looking into it. Uh, and we are looking into a lot of other factors. But at the present time, I will tell you that uh, I will have no comments on that. But that is definitely uh, in the works uh, until we come to some final uh, conclusion on how we are going to work on it, at what level and exactly what can or cannot be done. Our legal team is seriously looking at that matter. We have had few suggestions from some experts, uh, but at the present time, I will tell you, I will have no comments on that. All right. Um, <clears throat> let me see here. Um, legislative package number three, um, you actually kind of alluded to this earlier in our conversation. Um, it, it's, it's still in the works, but uh, some some unsettling events caused the politicians to back away. Talk to us a little bit about those events and and what you what you think that they foretell about the future of legislation in this arena. I think we will know about it by noon time today. I believe the politicians are going to be meeting today and. Uh, uh, we will know a little bit more about it. Uh, all we know is uh, they had a very late session and uh, they decided to walk away and uh, uh, remember that we are bipartisan. Uh, we support both the aisles and uh, rather than blaming uh, A party or B party, uh, it's something that I respect the decision of the Congress to uh, decide to postpone their decision and uh, we'll just have to wait till we hear from them more. So, so for those of you who don't know, the precipitating event of this 
was whenever um, Rand Paul announced that he had been infected with COVID-19 and that he was going to sequester himself, which of course, any gathering of 10 or more, right? Um, so the rest of Congress has been exposed and that, that is going to present some unique challenges. And um, yeah, Chad, <laughs> you got anything to say about that specifically? Well, well, you could say that. I'm not expected to say that. So, right. So, but you and me talked in private about that. I, I know what your feelings are, but I, I also know that you're under, under certain strictures as to what you can say and what you can't. And, uh, and you and I agree wholeheartedly in many of these cases. But don't take that to be a statement of what Dr. Gahini says if something comes out of my mouth, because I would never do that to him. <laughs> so, um, last thing I wanted to cover was um, you guys have put out a whole lot of information here. And that information is being updated um, on the morning huddle. How often? The morning huddle comes every morning. Okay. And, and so, so every day that you get the morning huddle, that's one of the most important information you probably will have that might have happened the day or night earlier. It gives you every details of things that you might want to know. If you are not getting the morning huddle, you can still log on to ada.org.virus. Again, I repeat, ada.org/virus. That's pretty much updated every evening or early in the morning. It does give you the latest information on what's going on around the American Dental Association, what the practitioners must know about it. We are pretty much tracking on uh, every state policy, every state, like which state has ordered the uh, <clears throat> closure of uh, uh, the routine dental uh, services and only attending on the emergency services. By the way, we also uh, believe that the emergency services should be decided by the practitioner because you as a dentist are trained. You have enough training to decide what is emergency and what is non-emergency. And besides that, we have also come out with a list of what are the real emergencies but the underlying underlining factor is that you as a practitioner when you speak to your patient and when you de determine that the following process procedure is emergency then that is an emergency absolutely all right so um in closing, I'm going to let you go ahead and finish off. You know, the President of the United States often makes a, uh, a pronouncement, uh, the State of the Union Address, and I, I hesitate to put you on that kind, of a, that kind of a pedestal right now with everything that's going on, but I am going to let you finish this interview off with um, any words that you would like our members to hear, and which, by the way, uh, folks, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Dr. Gahini is actually a member of the business of dentistry and uh, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of time, but he does comment and he does see what you guys need and what you guys are asking for. 
So, um, you know, Chad, it's all yours, man. Well, I want you to know that I am your servant leader. I'm a practicing dentist. We all are in this process together. And we all will come out very well together. We just need to hang in tight and we need to, at the present time, do our part. And uh, the future will always be bright. Uh, I know we are going through painful time. Uh, I personally have been going through a lot of pains. Uh, the time has been troubling to me. I have not been able to sleep in the night. But these days will go by. And the bright days will come back very soon in future. I wish I had a date that I could have told you that date so-and-so or month so-and-so, we all will be fine. But I can tell you our future is bright and dentists are still considered as a number one profession. I'm proud to be a dentist. And of course, I was born in India, but I am a very proud American who was made in India. And I'm one of all of us. And together, we will make it. And we will be very happy in future. Thank you for listening to me. And Chad, thank you for coming on the show. And, and thank you for your time. I know you're extremely busy, particularly um, at the present. So folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Dear Doc podcast. Um, I hope that this interview has been enlightening. I know we couldn't answer all the questions that you have, but I hope that we've given you some more information to kind of ruminate on uh, during this, this, this time of upheaval. Have a great day. And as always, thank stay you. healthy and stay safe. Thank you. All right. That's it, man. So, uh, oh crap, I forgot to record it. We have to do it again. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.